3: What is going on everybody? My name is Connor Lawler. Welcome to another week of Movie Mondays. This is the Here's For Hire podcast. We are back again talking all the week's movie news, entertainment news and just generally having a bit of a chit-chat about everything to do with film. As always I am joined by my partner in crime, Mr Sean Meehan. Sean,
2: how is it going? I'm good. Have you ever been scrolling through Twitter during the week and you just realise there's going to be news to talk about on Monday?
3: Sometimes that happens where I'm like, because we're all connected to this nerd world of like comic book stuff, that you're just going through Twitter and I see a a trailer or I see a news story and I think, yeah, I'm going to have to talk about that (laughs) at some stage. May
2: may I learn what that's about?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, this is um, Movie Monday, Sean, where we cover all the week's movie news and all all that stuff. Um, But most importantly, Sean, for one time only, I was thinking it might be nice if we gave a bit of a show to the nice patrons who support us because we put out a brand new episode yesterday for February on our Lazarus Pit which is the show we do every single month where we release one movie and uh, we do a movie review of a movie in times gone by and see if it still holds up and our kind patrons decided to choose Spider-Man 3 for us this month because they don't like us. Yeah we've still not forgiven
2: them fully for that but we're, we're <laughs> getting through it.
3: The restraining order is in the post, but we did a, it's a 90 minute review and it's up there right now. If, if you're listening to this and you want to head on over there, um, we've got loads of movie reviews over there currently that you get access to all of them if you, if you go on to a certain tier.
2: Exactly, and also another tier that I just want to mention, by the way, is the shout out level, um, which basically you just get for being a Patreon, um, and there, there's been a little like insurrection recently where everyone has funny names now um and so I just wanna if, if possible read them out We'll just do it We'll do it at the start this week um and just so people can get an idea of what I am contractually obligated to read every week. <laughs> uh, so
3: we we have our patrons. we just decided pick a name. It doesn't matter, Sean has to read it out So people have just been fucking with him For
2: weeks (laughs) (laughs) So a big thank you Goes out to Waffles, insert something funny here Williams, Kira Lawler, David Clark Ed Ball, Joe Burney Raymond Amethyst Realms X-Ging, Roisin Halley, Ryan Satran Paint Evanson, Sean Connors a dummy, spear for a head, Jamieson.
3: Alright, oh, oh, alright, okay, <laughs> all right, hang on, go on, but I'm, I'm offended,
2: but go on. Do- Dominic Josiah Florida Gal Green, Anna Hooks for Hans Helm uh Little Dicky I Got Carried Away McGrew, and Luke Hot Off Podcast.
3: <laughs> okay, and by the way, you're a dummy. Okay, whoever said I'm, that, I'm coming uh, look, for it.
2: <laughs> it, you. Look, Sean Jamieson said Connor's a dummy, that's all I can attest to, you know.
3: <laughs> but Sean, enough of this Patreon talk and all this stuff, because we've got lots of comic book news to break down this week, um, and th- that, we just decided to change it up, we give the shout at the start of the show, so why not? But Sean, we're starting with pretty big news, and that is Superman. Because the news this week is that there will be a new Superman movie coming from J.J. Abrams that is reportedly a reboot. Sean, what were your thoughts on this?
2: Yeah, no. when I heard a lot of the words in that sentence, my immediate thoughts was, ooh. uh, Because you have new Superman movie, which we've not had a track record of good Superman movies so far. You have J.J. Abrams, who is a fine director... But mm-hmm. I don't want a Superman movie full of mystery boxes and Palpatine coming back.
3: Yeah, I think Palpatine uh, should turn up somehow.
2: <laughs> and, but then Reboot was thrown in. Yeah. Like, is this a new Superman for the DCEU, or is it like uh, Matt Reeves' The Batman, that it's just a self-contained story?
3: From everything that I've gathered from the reports, I think it's a self-contained story.
2: Okay. Now, and that's fine to do. That, mm. that can absolutely work and that can be successful. Um, but I think co- commit to having it be its own universe. Don't leave doors open to tie it into Aquaman and Wonder Woman and The Flash that'll eventually come out. Um, okay.
3: Well, I suppose, I suppose Henry Cavill has been in or out. For the last, like, five years, depending on who you ask. And I feel like he does like the character. So I think he does want to be in, but they don't want him to be in. It's it's very confusing. I don't know who is right and who is wrong, but, like, he's been signed on and then he's been signed off. And I think this might be a clean slate. Like, they just want to do a new Superman movie. And if you say this creates a whole host of other issues. Because now you have a Batman that is separate from the DCEU. And you have a Superman that is separate from the DCEU. but they're your two big money draws other than Wonder Woman. But she's stuck in the other universe with Justice League and The Flash and Aquaman that aren't in this universe. So it's it just it's gonna confuse people, I think.
2: It is, and it's it like it doesn't it doesn't matter if it confuses people if it's a good movie, is what I would say. Um, like it, but it, it it's I need them to just decide at the start no this is what this movie is going to be or even this if they want to do a couple of them they, what this series is going to be and then stick to that don't change it halfway through don't try and rush getting Superman to meet Batman like I swear to God if they end this first Superman movie with him like rocking up to Wayne Manor or something <laughs>
3: No, Batman rocks up with the kryptonite suit on. He's already ready to go. Oh,
2: he's ready to go. And is it, <laughs> and it's a different Batman than Robert Pattinson or Michael Keaton.
3: It's George Clooney. George oh. Clooney's rocking back in in the kryptonite suit.
2: That would be quite good, actually.
3: <laughs> so, I'm yeah. They could also do a scenario where maybe Henry Cavill, he is... We did hear reports that he maybe had signed on for a minor contract, like not for his own movie, but coming back in some way. What if he's in the Flash movie, and they do a thing where be true Flash point, where Flash is running around through time, there's a mix-up, and Henry Cavill could pass over the Superman mantle to somebody else, I suppose.
2: If I had to pick a name, Michael B. Jordan, perhaps. Mike,
3: oh, oh, that's a good one
2: now. <laughs> <laughs> we always
3: pick Michael B. Jordan for every role. But to be honest with you, I think he'd be pretty good as Superman.
2: <laughs> I think he'd be a great Superman. The man's a chameleon. Um, but there was talk months ago of... Some DC executive came out and he said the idea with Superman is that he will be a supporting role. He'll have cameos in other films, but he won't be, you know, the leading star. Uh, he won't have a solo film going forward. So maybe that's what Henry Cavill's role is, and then, the, like, in the DCEU, and then they just have this other avenue to tell cool Superman stories. That don't really fit in with the the universe that they've established.
3: But would you make this Superman sad?
2: I would make him a nice person first. Oh, that's a plot twist. Go on. Yeah, I think that would go a long way towards making people like (laughs) Superman as if he was likeable.
3: Yeah, so what you're saying is make Superman who's mostly regarded as the bit of a a bit of a nice man in comic books, make him a nice man in film and not have him just say ten lines and they're all just sulking and sad.
2: Yeah, and stop having him shouting directly into a camera. Like I don't like that. Stop having him snap
3: people's necks.
2: If he could just break one less (laughs) neck per movie.
3: Just one less. That's all we ask. We're not asking for to rip up trees here. Just one. One less per movie
2: like i don't i don't think there's any problem with doing other superman stories but no like i i i i just need them to firmly set out what that superman universe is they seem to be doing a good job of it with robert Pattinson's the batman uh, or mm. matt reeve's the batman um that it's like no, this is its own self-contained universe um it's going to be three films we have that planned out matt reeve's has it in his head They need to do that for Superman because wouldn't it be cool if there was? And and I know it's you know it's blasphemy to say it in filmmaking nowadays, but Mm. if there was just a series of movies that weren't connected but were all excellent,
3: hmm, how are we going to make money off that though?
2: Because they're good movies, is what I'm thinking. Oh,
3: so if they're good, people will go see them. That
2: look, I know it's out there, Mm. Connor, but. I think quality makes people go see things.
3: <laughs> well, here's a really interesting thing that might get you perked up, Sean, is that mm-hmm. we kind of covered this slightly, but Michael B. Jordan and Warner Brothers discussed a black Superman pitch in 2019. Now, unfortunately, Michael B. Jordan, he came to them and said, wouldn't this be a cool concept? It's always the same white guy with black hair it has a little curl at the front. What about if we did something weird? Cause, not weird, but like different because... He's perfect for the role in that regard, and so he pitched up all the way back in twenty nineteen. Now he couldn't do it because he had a full schedule at the time, but now when you're thinking about, it, there's no other movies. He's had a lot of few. He's had a few months off, maybe from filming, whatever. Maybe his schedule has cleared up a little bit over the next year or two. Sean, I think we could be looking at a scenario where Michael B. Jordan, if he's already pitched it to them, he could be the front runner to take this mantle. <laughs>
2: I think it would be a very good he's a very good actor. Um, hmm. And I'd love to see him in like a, pr- a uh like it could be a career defi- and he's had several career defining roles already.
3: I feel like all of his roles are fairly defining, but I know he's, what you mean. Like this yeah. he's
2: he's superman. He's superman. Like being a superman is equivalent to being like a Bond or a Batman. Like there's this uh, lineage that comes with it and you are now part of that. Mm. Um, I think that would be really good for him. Um, and in the terrible Fantastic Four movie where he's Johnny Storm, he's like the best part of that movie as well. So Oh yeah, and, and, he, can do and he's hero the only bright spot. <laughs> he is, he is. Some kind of human torch, if you will. Um, yeah. But like, he can do hero stuff. He's not just Killmonger, for example. Um, I,
3: and, and I think he has Superman has a bit of um, I suppose likability is a bit of a generic way to say it, but you know what I mean? It's charisma, like yeah. And I and a lot of people don't like Superman because oh he's boring or he's bland. But Superman has lasted this long, like Superman has lasted since nineteen thirty seven or whatever, because. Everyone wants to aspire to be good. Like, he is just a good person. And we always come back to it on the show that if Captain America can work, Sp- uh, Superman can work in a film format. Like, Captain America is... A t- is if Superman doesn't work, Captain America should, should also not work. Yeah, Captain America is
2: objectively propaganda. Like <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a super idealized view of what the American soldier could be.
3: But he, when written in a certain way, you can view that completely differently. And people love Captain America, and he, all he wants to do is good. And he's just like, he's going to stand up for everybody, the little guy and everyone. Just do the exact same thing, but do it for Superman. But don't make Superman unbeatable. Like, do not have him be able to fly around the world and turn back time. That is another issue, because Captain America has some flaws as well that he can be harmed. Whereas with Superman you have a whole other level of he can be good, but also he can't be harmed unless you have a small green rock that only comes from one area.
2: Yeah, which they wrote in because they needed a like a, a weakness in Superman. Um yeah. like, I, I I think there are as you said, there are ways to do Superman to make it interesting stories that people can relate to this alien from another world. Um and like the, the idea of having a black Superman as well. There's a whole host of other stories there that you can tell that you wouldn't have access to if it was just another white guy with black hair.
3: Yeah, and and I know like there's going to be I mean heaven forbid, shot, but I think if we we noticed the outrage when he was cast as Johnny Storm, but if oh, Michael yes. gets cast as Superman, the outrage would be It outra- would be I think quite a lot bigger. But for no reason, because I mean, he's a great actor. They're comic book characters, as we uh, we have talked about this before as well. That there, comic book characters are not set in stone. Who cares? They're they're just drawings on a page that somebody's drawn like that. But you can you give it to a different artist, they can draw the character completely different. It's about what the character does, not what they look like.
2: Exactly, exactly. And actors can define characters to the point that they change the comics around them, like. Wolverine is five foot three. Hugh Jackman is I think six two. And why did uh,
3: nobody complain when he was cast? <laughs> it,
2: it, like, it, it's ridiculous. It's and it makes no sense. And all I can say is give me your delicious tears, because I don't give a fuck <laughs> if you don't like it. Michael B. Jordan mm. is perfect for any role. <laughs>
3: <laughs> if anyone doesn't know, Sean is Michael B. Jordan's agent and biggest fan.
2: Yeah. So um, it's yeah, a so great the combo. News.
3: They're doing a reboot of Superman which has a whole host of other things. I think if they do this, I think they will link it in with Robert Pattinson's Batman because I don't think they'll be able to resist. There'll be there and you'll also have a brand new Superman and a brand new Batman and I think there will be pressure on the studio to be like bring them together in a in a way that you could do it but it's I don't want it happening within the first three or four years. Like
2: No, what I no- want is... I want them to plan it, that down the line, after maybe three movies each or something, or even two movies each, that they bring them together and we get World's Finest, where it's a detective story with Batman and yeah. Superman.
3: And they're against the Joker and Lex Luthor. Actually, no, yeah. don't do Joker again. No, <laughs> <don't laughs> we
2: can't. I can't handle another Joker. But no, like, I can't, please. Make them... Like, they can be friends from the get-go. They don't have to hit each other.
3: No, I think big suit kryptonite. Big metal kryptonite. suit kryptonite. Punch how, many guns? Stops.
2: how many guns are you putting on that suit?
3: Um, okay, right. How many guns? Pattinson has two arms, so there's mm-hmm. a gun, in each, gun um, in each arm. Shoulder mounts. So, rocket lottery to shoulder. And I want them to hold a very, very small pistol just within his teeth. Do you know, but like and he has to like stretch with his tongue to try and pull the trigger like it's awkward but it's just an extra bit of firepower for him
2: that's it and he'll do it because he's Batman
3: because <laughs> he just loves shooting he just loves it so they are doing another Superman reboot we didn't really talk about J.J. J. Abrams Um, he's very good at number ones is what i was oh the
2: first one will be Grant yeah
3: <laughs> yeah the problem is who comes in after him could be a bit of an issue cause imagine
2: really it's Ryan have. Johnson yeah <laughs> <laughs>
3: Ryan, we've got another gig for you. Now, there's a few mystery boxes, and I know you like them, Ryan. Um, so, no, JJ hasn't really figured out where he's going, but here you so, are now. Look, there, here's there's here's a beloved one. character. You,
2: you do whatever you want with them.
3: <laughs> yeah. Okay, talk to you in a few months. Bye! <laughs> um, so, yeah, they are doing another Superman movie, Sean. And speaking of Superman, we do have to move on to our next piece of news, and it, uh, that is everyone's favourite director. Of Superman, that is Mr. Zack Snyder. Now, I was discussing a few weeks ago, well we were discussing, about the fact that we were not going to bring up Zack Snyder anymore, until Justice League came out, because there had been so much news.
2: And then consistently this, every week since, there has been Zack yeah, Snyder news. I
3: have broken that rule. Yeah, he's, well, I, I, he's on the media trail, to be fair, because he's promoting both Justice League and his new movie for Netflix, which is Army of the Dead, which is a, is a zombie film, but also a heist movie. And the trailer came out during the week, Sean, and we have both watched it. So yep. I was just wondering what your thoughts are on Army of the Dead.
2: I'm conflicted because I think I might like this.
3: <laughs> don't let your don't hate Zack Snyder you can dislike him for Justice League and Batman vs Superman but we can say he does other good things as well like he he has done other good movies
2: he has he has indeed um, and he did Dawn of the Dead um, which, which I really like written by James Gunn just want to get that on the record mm-hmm. um, but this one looks very like have you ever played the game Dead Rising yes it's about a zombie outbreak that happens in a casino of all places. Um, and this looks fun and colourful and kind of like Zombieland in a lot of ways.
3: Yeah, I and I think that the plot here is that so Las Vegas gets taken... I don't know if it's worldwide. I, I get the impression that they've quarantined off Las Vegas, but that just means it's probably going to eventually get worldwide. Um, but... They, Las Vegas has been taken over by zombies and Dave Batista is the lead actor and he's the, he's the leader of this rebel group and they basically decide that they're going to commit a heist and steal $200 million from one of the casinos in a like Ocean's Eleven style thing. But yeah, instead of which, trying to defeat the security, there's a million zombies everywhere.
2: Which leads me to believe that it is localised to Vegas. Um, yeah you know there's some use for money in the outside world um because i like the idea because i think this is a a, it's in the same universe and timeline as dawn of the dead from what i know um and so i like the idea that yeah like they they found a cure for it but there's these outbreaks every so often and they happen and I like the idea that, that's what, that they were waiting for an outbreak in Vegas to do this heist.
3: Because, yeah, as you said, if the whole world is taken over by zombies, what is the point of having $200 million? Why, why risk it? Because there's no point at all. Money means there's, nothing.
2: Exactly, yeah. Um, but it, it, it's, it's, it, it's a really interesting setup for a film, isn't it? Like, let's do a Vegas heist, but also it's a zombie movie.
3: He, Zack Snyder has said that he is do he has been thinking of this idea for ten years now, right? So they've but they're not just doing this movie shot; they also have prequels planned. So they have an Army of the Dead prequel coming out as well, um, and they also, I think, have an anime-style TV series planned also oh. around this. So they're they're having. They're going all out with it. Like, they're not just doing this film. But the trailer itself, it's just a teaser trailer, but it kind of reveals, just lets you in on what kind of vibe you're getting. And, it, as you said, it puts us in a strange position, because we are kind of... We are ones to say maybe Zack Snyder doesn't understand Batman, but doesn't mean he doesn't understand filmmaking, because 300 is great, and yep. Dawn of the Dead, also great. So, and this is, I think, right up his alley as, I mean... He Don the Dead. The, the opening five minutes of Don the Dead alone would make him qualify to do any other zombie movies. Doesn't really matter, but um, he, he's doing this movie. And then you have Dave Batista, who's one of our favourite actors, leading it. And he turned down Suicide Squad, appearing in Suicide Squad with James Gunn to do this film. Which that to me tells lot. me he, he's read the script and he knows it's cool. Because Dave Batista, we've seen over the last few years, he only makes good choices
2: exactly he does what he works on the films he wants to work on because it would be so easy for him to do a load of direct to dvd fucking movies uh, and just be the big wrestler guy but he actually picks roles that give him some range and give him something to to do to work towards what do you um, think
3: of the, the the world war z zombie aspect of like the, all the zombies are just piled on top of each other
2: i love that in a zombie movie I think that's okay. amazing, because zombies would not care about that. They would just keep going towards the, the end goal. Um, yeah,
3: I think I think the bit in World War Z where they're all climbing the wall, but they're literally just, like, climbing on top of each other because none of them give a shit.
2: I yeah, think that's they're slowly, really slowly good. piling up.
3: Yeah, because it just adds a level of fear, like, oh, we we have fear, but they have no fear. And so they just don't care. They have no feelings.
2: Yeah, and I will say, when I saw, like... The the titles flash up and it's very Suicide Squad. Like very it's Suicide Squad, yeah. Like pink and purple vapor wavy kind of style. But when you when you actually like cut into it, um, like the footage that we see, it it looks like it's gorgeously shot. Yeah. It's it's not dark and smoky like Suicide Squad. Um and I wonder what tone it's gonna take, whether it's gonna be all action or is there gonna be A healthy dose of comedy in this.
3: It's all rated all across the board for everything, like for violence, for sex, for cursing. Like it's all rated for every single one of them. Which to me implies he's going all out here. That I think, I think it will have a comedic edge because even Dawn of the Dead, like that, has a comedic. There's some characters in there that are mad, but they're slightly amusing. So. I, th- I think he's he's kind of proven that before, that you can have this scenario where all these zombies are, but there could be some comedy. Especially if these guys are doing a heist. Like They must be confident that they can get in and get out and do it. So if they're confident, that would lead me to be that, mean that they're not really scared, which I think they'd then be like quipping. Maybe there's some quips. Maybe some guy is like with his arms crossed the back like it's never going to work. Or in English, please. Point Dexter. Oh, there's going to be
2: a healthy bit of that. I firmly think that there's going to be, I don't think anyone is getting out of this alive. I just want to call it here now. I think that <laughs> oh, yeah. they're, they're going to have an opportunity to either take all the money or save the world. And I think they're going to save the world. <laughs>
3: Ooh, that's good. I think yeah, I think it'll be a case of the money'll be there and David Heaster will look at the money and no, what'll happen is somebody'll be in danger. There's somebody about to die, uh, either maybe a child or like a guy he didn't like or a or a girl he didn't like and and now they kind kinda of likes them and then they're about to get eaten by like fifty zombies and to his left is all the money and he has to make the decision to leave the money. <laughs>
2: And he's, he, he solidly thinks about it and he sighs. And the camera cuts, and you think he's gone to the money. And then yeah. someone falls and he grabs him by the scruff of the neck.
3: Oh it's heroic. He's a hero.
2: He's Drax. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, yeah, so the the Army of the Dead trailer is out. I would recommend watching it. It looks fun. And so this is one of our first few positive things we've said about Mr. Snyder in a long time. Yeah, it,
2: it's no longer uh, Zack Snyder. It's, ah, give it a crack, Snyder.
3: <laughs> it is not that. Is I not want to make that? it clear, sh- that is I'm not trying to get the segment. a segment
2: going here.
3: <laughs> no. Um, okay, we're going to move on to our next piece of news, Sean. Now, this is actually more DCEU mo- movie news because they do now have a director for a DCEU movie that they originally had in the pipeline, So now they were, once it's in the pipeline, it's kind of like, is it happening? Is it not happening? Well, now it's confirmed that Angel Manuel Soto will be directing a Blue Beetle DCEU movie, Sean. So Blue Beetle is officially, I think, on the go. The production is off the ground here. They have a director, they have a writer. It looks like Blue Beetle is the next movie out of the DCEU after Aquaman and Shazam and all that.
2: Interesting. That that that's that's a good choice. You've done a very good Hero or Zero on Blue Beetle in the past. Mm. Um, well, and he's a, uh, sorry, I was going to ahead. say
3: that there, there's two different Blue Beetles that they could now they can do Jamie Reyes or or Ted Cord. Now I don't know which one they are choosing but I would assume it's Jamie Reyes, uh, who's like Me- a Mexican American teenager. He's like he's from El Paso, and he fights crime using the battle armor of the the Blue Beetle, but it, the the Blue Scarab attaches itself to him and he doesn't really know what's going on. Now, probably the best encapsulation of Jamie Reyes is in Young Justice. Um, no, you'd say Young Justice. Se- the whole season two is based around Blue Beetle and all the Beatles. Like, he is the driving force of the plot in that season. And so if you know nothing about Blue Beetle, I would definitely recommend that. I don't think they'll do Ted Cord due to the fact that cards mostly seen as, like, an older guy who's kind of, like, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? A historic hero? Like, he's like kind a, of just, yeah. like, from, he's from the olden days, and so he's he's kind of in his 40s or 50s where the younger heroes come to him to ask for advice, and he's like, oh, yeah, I was there with your kid there. But I think they'll go Jamie Ray's if they're doing a DCEU movie because they'll want to start young and, like, have a spider-man kind of vibe where he comes across the powers and we join him like trying to balance his school life and being a superhero
2: that would make a lot of sense and then you can have interactions with the likes of shazam and things like that and it kind of makes sense Um yes, like outside of, of here, course, heroic things
3: and him and shazam could be friends but like you could do a situation where shazam wants to be his friend but Jamie is like dude you're like way older than me this is weird <laughs> why do you want to hang out
2: yeah, exactly. Like that, that that's interesting. I think that's a a good character to pick. He's fairly I would say uh under known unknown, underutilized. And not a lot of people know the story of Blue Beetle, I would say, like hmm. in terms of general audience. Um so you have some creative liberties there as well. And then you, I suppose you have to walk the line of do you appeal to the core fan base of Blue Beetle, or do you make Blue Beetle accessible to as large a group of people as possible?
3: I, I, but I think Blue Beetle falls into that really cool area of, like, Iron Man before the MCU. That he's, and this is no offence to Blue Beetle or Iron Man, but, like, he's a known character, but as just said, probably worldwide, he's not that known, where... You could do his origin story, but you could change a few things for the plot if you feel like it it'll be better suit to the character in the movie form and I don't think like I don't think a lot of people will complain. Like if you do a movie of a of a of Batman, but you don't have his parents killed, I think a lot of people are gonna be like, What the fuck is going on?
2: I thought he was an orphan. (laughs) Where are the pearls?
3: But if Blue Beetle comes on and you change his origin slightly to help with the movie, I don't think that will impact the viewing audience. I think if it's a good movie, you could get a whole host of new people coming to see this because it's a very unique character that nobody's seen before. And that means there's a blank slate that you can do as well as you want. Like Shazam had the same thing where... It just came in, and it's a character that's well known in comic book in the comic book world. But to the mainstream audience, I don't think a lot of people knew a lot about Shazam. So you just have free reign to do whatever you want and make it, make the movie that you want to make. So you're not kind of like stuck in one certain pattern.
2: I get you. Yeah, like use the. Relative anonymity to your advantage, which is like uh, the first phase of Marvel movies was all like C-list heroes that no one gave a shit about.
3: (laughs) Exactly, and I think if you do Blue Beetle right, you could make an awful lot of money with Blue Beetle. He could be your Spider-Man because they don't have like I think Shazam. Shazam is interesting because I don't think he's a teenager in my head; like he's a grown man. Yeah, he's
2: just that because yeah. We said this, and we did a review of Shazam, and you said, like, the kid playing Billy Badson and Zachary Levi; those, those, they're in two separate movies, like in their yeah, heads.
3: I and I think if you do um, a Peter Parker style thing, where like he's in school and he's like he's he likes a girl or he likes a guy and he he wants. He wants to get to class, but then the scarab is like freaking out because there's a battle going on downtown, and he's like trying to balance all of his life. You could make a really cool, unique DC movie that I don't think we've seen in that universe that anymo- like since, um, actually, probably ever. Like they they never really start at like sixteen or seventeen in the DC movies.
2: No, like our, our like even our Batman is like an older Batman. Um superman just kind of started supermanning at age 30 uh (laughs) like there there's no um i just said there there's no one of that age or with those that specific set of issues in life um to deal with which maybe is what marvel succeed a bit more in is that like you just have someone for every demographic in that
3: yeah, and then you and then you have the cool bit where you bring them all together and you've got you've got Jamie Reyes who's only seventeen and he's like talking to he's talking to the Superman or the Batman of that universe. Like or if he's talking to Aquaman, like Aquaman's kinda of looking at him like, Who's this kid? Like James Momoa's gonna to tower over whoever they cast as Jamie Reyes and you kinda of get the sense of oh he's in over his head. You have a civil war scenario where he's yeah. just like excited to be there.
2: That's it. And look, you don't want to be accused of copying either, but but when it works for the story and the character, yeah, the vibe uh, makes a lot of sense to include. And it just, it goes a long way towards fleshing out the universe. Because with that, you, like, one of the things I liked about Shazam was you saw how kids reacted to superheroes being in that universe. That's really interesting to me. So imagine a whole group of teenagers who are probably like, oh, superheroes are lame. That's interesting to me.
3: Mm and so I'm I'm really excited about this the Blue Beetle uh, film that they're going ahead with now that's not to say that it'll ever be seen like cuz this is part of the DCEU and I don't know if that'll last too much longer but officially it is coming out in the DCEU now that could change and it'll just be coming out like the Superman or Robert Pattinson's Batman in a whole separate universe but I'm really excited about this character getting some screen time I think I think it could be really interesting to go down this route and I think DCEU, the DC could make a lot more money doing this than what they've been doing currently. So, and also if you don't know anything about Blue Beetle, either listen to our Hero Zero and um you can also watch season 2 of Young Justice. Like that w- that's probably a great showing of that character because I knew nothing about that character before the season as well. And at the end of it I was kind of like, "Oh, he's really interesting. I want to know even more." And then I went mm-hmm. up reading on the character.
2: Yeah, and then, and then you discover this whole like wealth of previous stories.
3: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so they are doing a Blue Beetle movie, shot. but one other thing that they're doing, and I know you love this, is biopics of, of singers or musicians. Do you remember yes. a certain movie called Bohemian Rhapsody a few years ago?
2: I do indeed. It's sw- swiftly followed by Rocketman.
3: Rocketman. Now, the year before, we had The Greatest Showman. It felt like there was just a string of musically musical uh, movies, but like the last two were obviously based on specific people. They were doing a David Bowie movie. Madonna apparently is doing her own movie. But yeah. now, Sean, I have su- they're doing a biopic of someone that I think you're going to really like. And that is the director of The Greatest Showman has been called in. That is Michael Gracie, who directed that hit. He's going to be doing a Robbie Williams biopic film. Boom! <laughs> that
2: is. That is too recent. <laughs> what? Who gives a shit about Robbie Williams? <laughs> are you sure? I'm Conor, sure. So, are, You're positive it's not Robin Williams, right? I'm, it's
3: not Robin, it is Robbie Why? Williams, and it is a musical biopic.
2: This. Is worthless. Why? How? Who approved this?
3: <laughs> what is? He? He's an angel. What are you talking about?
2: He's... He's... Ah, oh, he hasn't... What? Is Robbie Williams still... What's he up to? What's he doing?
3: <laughs> I dig Robbie Williams. From everything I've seen, he seems like a very nice man. And he seems pretty chill, and I quite like that about him. Not, this is not a reflection on the man himself. I feel like we're, the angle we're coming from here is... There's a lot more musicians in between uh, Elton John and Robbie Williams that need biopics. I think.
2: Absolutely, I like. May like. Maybe it's cause. Um, it's it's so recent that that's why I think there's no need for it. But maybe there's people, who, don't remember like take that and Robbie Williams. It are they going to. They're going to have to put out casting announcements, Connor, for the, like, contributing members of Take That. Yes, who's playing Gary Barlow. Probably Gary Barlow. He looks the same. Isn't Gary Barlow still very successful? This, he is. It's, it's, I'd, it's, if I was Gary, I'd be disgusted. <laughs> absolutely, because you're not, like, you might as well make a Gary Barlow biopic at that point, I would say. <laughs>
3: i read this and i thought there's no way like there's no way that someone sat down and was like right we've done elton john we have david bowie on the way we've done queen so like we we've got Freddie. he he's he's pretty big who's just as big as Freddie? oh um, um uh, does anyone remember that song angels who said that get a biopic on him
2: (laughs) I I can hear it I can hear it's in my head
3: (laughs) oh Sean there's just sometimes studios just get an idea and they're just going to do it but I feel like this might not have the success of those previous two films even with the director of The Greatest Showman
2: no i like and like The Greatest Showman is grand it's pretty good um, the the dude, the actual showman P.T. Barnum. He's a, mm-hmm. he's a really bad dude in history. Like he's
3: yeah, a shit. Hugh Jackman, on. the nicest man alive.
2: The nicest man. He, the only thing he's guilty of is being monstrously charming, Connor. They,
3: they tricked us through song. I hate when people do that.
2: So are we going to get into like how how detailed is this going to be in Robbie Williams's life?
3: So they they, they I have a, a bit of a quote from the director. If you'd like to hear it, okay. So, he's not the best singer, or dancer, and yet, he managed to sell 80 million records worldwide. You can relate to the guy who doesn't see himself as having any extraordinary talent, even though, of course, he does. What he did have is the will, vision, and confidence to say, I'm going to pursue my dream. For us, as an audience, it's a window into the world of what what we just went for it, and if we just went for it and chased that impossible dream that many of us put to one side. Um, so, <laughs> they oh, also the said fuck. that Robbie's songs will be re-sung for the emotion of the of the moment in the soundtrack. The <laughs> do you know what that for- is?
2: They can't get the rights to the original songs.
3: <laughs> the, the movie will be called Everyman, apparently, and, and production will commence this summer.
2: <laughs> fuck me. <laughs> this is awful. There's so many other artists you could have picked to do by opera like on. It's Fleetwood Mac Gary Barlow Ray Charles
3: Jason Orange
2: Aretha Franklin
3: <laughs> I, I don't know any more members that take that <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Oh boys uh, Ronan Keaton you could do one on him
2: You can't do Ronan
3: Yeah That's You could it's,
2: it's a different group <laughs>
3: It is, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like your ones were slightly more famous than mine.
2: Yeah, but bo- Bob Dylan, you could do. Yeah. Uh, well, they've done prob- Johnny
3: Cash. They've done Ray. So, I mean, once you move past them and you get to Elton John and you get to David Bowie and Freddie Mercury, next Rolling logical Stones, step, Rodgy, Robbie flight. Williams.
2: No, I just think that maybe. Like. <laughs> has there there been one about the beatles
3: yeah i think yesterday
2: Ah, right only yesterday god i thought i would have made that (laughs) sooner
3: i knew you were gonna do that Ah. (laughs) i suppose that's kind of a biopic no it's not but their songs are in it
2: it's yeah it's a romantic comedy which i don't think it is typical biopic territory
3: not really no um, so we're I, getting a I Robbie like,
2: Williams biopic before a Beatles biopic.
3: I feel like don't say that out loud. I, what's happened here is they've looked at the success of those movies and they've thought we could do that. And Robbie Williams is like, I could do that. <laughs> do, do we have enough money to do that? Yeah, we have enough money yeah, to do that. Yeah, we have enough Let's money to do that. I have
2: a lot of home videos. <laughs> Who's going to play Robbie Williams?
3: Um, who could you get? Michael B. Jordan
2: oh right he might be Jordan will be good in the role I must admit no <laughs> he wouldn't what if it, I hope they cast way older like get Willem Dafoe to do it
3: <laughs> Willem Dafoe James Franco James Franco's in
2: J- oh my god what what if they get Gary Barlow to play Robbie Williams
3: <laughs> and, he, and he hates every second of it and he's just like wow Gary you're a shithead and he's like saying those lines but he's just a sick in his stomach
2: it's like, oh no not me he's doing the
3: big breakup and he's like he's like pretending to be robbie looking at like another person playing himself
2: it's ridiculous that this is happening and that they're is is this just to release a new album is this an elaborate marketing campaign for a new album
3: i don't think so i think it's an actual proper production
2: i hate this connor (laughs) this is so dumb
3: I I know. I know it's so dumb. That's why I bring it to you because I knew it would cheer you up. I d-
2: I'm not sure it has. <laughs>
3: okay. Okay. Do you want to move on?
2: I think so. I, I think I'm out yeah. of insults that I can fling at a very successful pop singer who has more money than I will ever have.
3: Hon- honestly, God, I wanted to stress that he. I'm sure he's a nice man. We're not slagging the man. We're just saying the idea that he gets a biopic before Aretha Franklin might be... <laughs> A bit straight it,
2: it it's an odd choice. They definitely chose to do it. Uh, there actually there is an Aretha Franklin biopic coming out.
3: Thank God.
2: Co- Thank it's called God. Respect. It, it,
3: l- you know what? This is being brought the same date arrival it in the box office. <laughs> so, a, Robbie, I think you're gonna make it.
2: It's it's like civil war against Batman versus Superman.
3: <laughs> Robbie Williams is like, we need to take Franklin out. How the fuck are we gonna take her out? She's too good. That biopic looks pretty in- into like it looks pretty good, guys. What are we gonna like, we'll see it with? myself? Yeah. I d- <laughs> um, so that is Robbie Williams. He is getting his own musical biopic to add to the to the famous ones of Bohemian Rhapsody and Rocketman. Man. I feel like every every singer I think of the last twenty years will get this idea and then they will just do it.
2: Yeah, or it'll be like Madonna and make their own.
3: Because I think Bohemian Rhapsody won the Oscars as well. Like, Robbie Malak won the Oscar and everything. So, they look at that and they go, Oh, I can get a movie about myself and win Oscars. Oh, that's
2: great. I don't, look, he might get a BAFTA out of it. I don't know if he'll get an Oscar.
3: <laughs> I hope Robbie gets a BAFTA. Let's keep you updated on this movie. But we're moving on, Sean, to another piece of comic book news. And this involves Miss Margot Robbie... And Mr. James Gunn. And they are currently working on The Suicide Squad, which is coming out later this year, I think. And um, we haven't really seen much uh, trailer footage up until this point, but we, we've we heard a lot of rumors behind the scenes. But one thing is for sure, sure, and that is Margot Robbie is back to loving the character of Harley Quinn after playing her in Birds of Prey as well last year. And James Gunn, he was cur- he's working for DC now. Now, he's going back to Marvel... ...to do Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3... ...but... ...we have found out this week that... ...Margot Robbie and James Good. ...there's a hint... ...there's a rumour... ...they could be reuniting for a new Harley Quinn project... ...in
2: the future, Sean. My goodness. Mmm. What's the source of this rumour? Is it just idle hearsay? James Good himself. Oh, right! (laughs) Someone
3: said... uh, ...if he was working on... ...someone asked him on Twitter... ...are you working on any other DC projects... And, now, James Gunn is one to be maybe a bit suspicious. Now, he's obviously not going to reveal at all, because he's probably locked in negotiations, but he does say that, maybe just a little, he has he said he had one toad still dipped into DC, and him and Margot had discussed doing a Harley Quinn, uh, pl- him working with her playing Harley Quinn in the future, and they just want to see what happens, which I feel like gives me vibes that James Gunn wants to stay on at DC, maybe after Volume 3, and I think him and Margot Robbie could definitely do a Harley Quinn film together.
2: Oh, I think, I absolutely think that would be an amazing combo. Um, It's just a question of, like, is there studio, this sounds really bad, is there studio support for Harley Quinn after Birds of Prey did not as well as they hoped it would?
3: I don't think that's, I'd like I feel like that is a very studio thing to blame her because I know they were, they were looking for any reason to exactly be like, a a women co- superhero movie go away. But I I feel like that's not the reason. That movie is really good. Like well not really, but like it is good. Like we went to see it, and we did the review of it, and I remember sitting there thinking Shazam is way way worse than this movie, <laughs> and that got like way more money, which doesn't make any sense.
2: Yeah, so it's. It it is a very studio thing to look to place blame anywhere else, Um, but I hope that if this project goes ahead, it comes out in an environment first of all where people can go see it, Um, because I think. uh,
3: But I think the branding of Birds of Prey didn't help it at all. Now I think Birds of Prey, like Blue Beetle, is a very big name in comic book form, but they called it Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. But then after two weeks, do you remember, they changed the name to Harley Quinn.
2: Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey.
3: Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey, but two weeks were lost at that stage.
2: Yeah, so your opening weekend is gone.
3: They should have leaned into Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn more, because she was the most well-known, which made sense. Like, it was the introduction of the Birds of Prey, and it was more her movie than it was theirs. So, even if you call it Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey, I think, from the outset, you make more money.
2: Yeah, and maybe and maybe that's where a Harley Quinn solo film will come in, but then you get into, like, do you address the Birds of Prey? Are they in it at all? Um, I think they could be in it. They could be in it. It could just be a Harley solo adventure. Uh, but I think she works well with someone to bounce off of.
3: And, for example, what about James Gunn? Like, if you've seen a poster, Harley Quinn, directed by James Gunn, and Margot Robbie starring as Harley Quinn, I think you would be very interested in seeing that film.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I'm interested to see like where these characters end up after the Suicide Squad because that could be very mm. telling as to who might crop up um, in the future.
3: For for all we know, to be honest with you, that they could be blowing Marigold Rob or like they could be blowing up Harley Quinn's head in Suicide Squad, or she could get killed, and James Good is just doing this to fuck with us.
2: Oh, absolutely! Like he has said, no one is safe. Um, yeah. And it would be a ballsy move to just fucking explode Harley Quinn.
3: <laughs> it would be. So yeah, w- would you be interested in a Harley Quinn-based film directed by James Gunn? Do you think there's there's more stories to tell with her as a, a solo person? Or would, as you said, she, would she work better still in the team-ups with the Suicide Squad and maybe bring in maybe Batgirl? Maybe you do, you, you do Gotham City Sirens kind of thing.
2: Yeah, like I I like the director and I like uh, Margot Robbie's version of Harley Quinn. So to put them both together, I'd be stupid not to want to watch that movie. Mm. Um, I think there's always stories to tell. Like there's how many years of comic books and TV shows with Harley Quinn featuring in them. You know, so there, yeah. there's a whole host of stories to tell.
3: And, and I think Margot Robbie, like she she started. We've always said like she set up her own production company and everything like she wants to play this character but she's not going to play it in a bad movie so like if she, wor- if she works on this it's going to be good and they're going to take the time to get this right before they just put it out especially because I think the Suicide Squad could be great and if they're off the back of that they're going to want to do spinoffs of all those characters <laughs> like if, yeah. if that is a success, they're gonna take si- pick six of them who are still alive at the end and go right because Peacemakers already w- Peacemaker with John Cena he's already getting his own uh, series, so I think they'll see how the audience ra- reacts to everyone else and they're just gonna give them all their own series or films.
2: Yeah, I think that is they'll p- see the fan favorites and if the if they do get killed off in Suicide Squad, there's no reason there can't be prequel films. <laughs>
3: Exactly. So, Sean, we're finishing off Movie Mondays this week with the big news, and that is the reveal of Spider-Man Tree's title. Now, I know what you're thinking, Spider-Man Tree, Connor. We reviewed
2: that we reviewed it yesterday, on
3: <laughs> but this is a different Spider-Man Tree.
2: And we've gotten not one, not two, not three, but four titles for it, Connor.
3: Four titles for it. So there was a big mass. There was a big thing uh, the other day about the fact that like. Tom Holland and Zendaya were all revealing uh, false Spider-Man 3 titles that were all not right Um, and everyone, my favourite was when Tom Holland first revealed it, um, all the news sites were all just jumped on it immediately and they were like, we've officially named it this, and then Zendaya's uh, post came out and everyone was kind of like wait, wait, that's not right (laughs) Oh no.
2: and then Jacob (laughs) Batland did it
3: it was Jacob Batalon's home slice
2: it was one was phone home one was uh, I have actually no I, I I forget all of them now because I just know the new one which is no way yeah, home so
3: we officially after much uh, deliberation throughout the day it was officially revealed that the Spider-Man 3 title will be no way home Sean now what are your thoughts behind this what could it mean there's, there's lots of questions leading after this
2: yeah, so it it, it could be a lot of things. The last time we saw Spider Man, he got his identity revealed, um, and maybe it's it's an indication that there's no way back to you know the regular life that Peter Parker once had. Um, could be with all of the casting news we've had, multiversal shenanigans, um, and there's there's like your your home universe. And you get trapped in another universe or something like that. Um, in mm. it, actually, there was a little like skit that they all did um, on Instagram, and it was oh, they gave us the wrong title again. And then the camera pans out, and it's a whiteboard um, with a bunch of joke name suggestions. One of them is Home Worlds, uh, ah, like right. suggested in it, which does fit with like parallel dimensions and things like that that we've been discussing the last few months. Um, yeah,
3: leading into Doctor Strange two and all that, and leading on from One Division.
2: Yeah, like it all seems to track that there will be a alternate, some kind of alternate universe in this movie. Um, the I also wanted to say the three titles there were Spider Man Phone Home, Spider Man Home Slice, and Spider Man Home Wrecker. Um. And what's interesting is that the colour palette that they and sorry, this is absolute tinfoil hat theory, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I
3: was just about, you were like, what's interesting is about the tinfoil. I was like, what oh, conspiracy theories, let's go. <laughs>
2: so the colour palette that they all chose is Spider-Man Phone Home is the colour palette of the Loki TV show. Spider-Man Home Slice is the colour palette of WandaVision. Uh, and Spider-Man Home Wrecker is the colour palette of the Falcon and Winter Soldier.
3: Right. Which, and how many of them how many names were revealed? Three.
2: Three. And how many f-
3: how many corners in a triangle, Sean? Illuminati confirmed.
2: Yeah, what shape has three sides? A cone.
3: <laughs> what goes on the, on your head? A cone. What happens when you're dumb? You join the Illuminati. Wait, what? Um, no Illuminati confirmed <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> Like it's it's, I, it's 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 a it's a very interesting way of revealing a title for a movie. Um and it fits with all of the Spider-Man titles roughly being called Something to do with home
3: And uh, and do you think there could be a scenario here That maybe at the end of this It's called No Way Home Maybe it ends with Tom Holland stuck In Andrew Garfield's world Or he's stuck in Tobey Maguire's universe Or he's stuck or, He's somewhere not in this uh, dimension What
2: basically. if he's in the Sony universe? <laughs>
3: He goes back and is there, and he's just like, Ew
2: the, Well, this no. is his last film in contract.
3: It, it, that's I was actually going to move on to that, that this is Tom Holland's last co- um, contracted movie as Spider-Man. So he revealed that he's doing the media tour with the Russo brothers for uh, his latest movie, Cherry. And so uh, during that, they asked him, like, what's going on with Spider-Man? And he revealed that this is his last movie, con- contractually, that he's obliged to do.
2: Yeah, and if they, if they want him to come back, he absolutely will. Um, but at the minute, like, after this movie, he is legally done.
3: Mm, which, but that doesn't guarantee this is the end of him as Spider-Man, though.
2: Not at all, not at all. But or, it, it,
3: or it ends on a, like, it doesn't end on a cliffhanger.
2: But it is interesting, I think, that they're opening, from what we're assuming, they're opening the door for multiple Spider-Men to exist at once.
3: Mm, so you're saying that this one's called No Way Home, He's got around all the di- different dimensions. This is his last movie. Could we see a bit of Miles Morales pop up here and maybe take that mantle on in future Phillips?
2: It's that's what I was kinda thinking, that it's maybe something we're building up to. Because um, mm. we also see there was um set photos revealed. Um and because the internet is like this mental hive mind People worked out that they're in the Sanctum Sanctorum Which is Doctor Strange's base of operations Yeah Um. So th- that could be universe hopping stuff And while they're gone maybe Either Miles Morales comes to the MCU Or Miles Morales was always in the MCU And then replaces Spider-Man Out of like a sense of justice or something
3: yeah, like, you could do so much stuff, and especially because we've seen Spider-Verse exist already, that the f- the creation of this doesn't seem so far-fetched. Like, if you told me ten years ago they were going to attempt this, or even five years ago, I'd be like, that's never gonna work. Not because it they won't be good at it, but I feel like audiences would be like, what the fuck is going on? why is there so many spider-men i don't understand whereas because we've already had into the spider verse that broke it down in an animation form but if you love spider-man it's like oh there's all these spider-men that's weird it's already out there in the world so like when yeah. you do this again they're like oh it's real it's a live action version of into the spider
2: verse do what like with the alternate titles do you think that is alternate timeline like suggests you know the fact that there's multiple versions of the same thing
3: that's yeah that's also a really interesting concept like they could all be doing this just to fuck with us but I feel like Marvel is very smart, as I've noticed, is that they're always pushing this thing of like, oh, we didn't let Tom Holland see anybody else's takes, yeah, or we never let Tom Holland read the scripts, because they like to try and push, like, Tom Holland's an idiot, which I feel like is a bit mean, because, uh, but he does reveal some things, but I feel like they play off that, and they can use this to their advantage, like, oh, Tom revealed the wrong name, but the MCU is known to trick people with trailers, trick people with reveals. They could easily be setting this up. Like, they probably have a media team of, like, 5,000 people. So, maybe one of them came up with the idea of, why don't we take advantage of the fact that everyone thinks Tom Holland's going to reveal something wrong, and we maybe misinform everyone? Because, like, a few weeks ago, there was a news story where he said, oh, uh, Andrew Garfield and Tom McGuire are definitely not in Spider-Man 3. And my first thought was like, "All right, Tom. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah,
2: <laughs> because that's as of good course, as fucking showing a picture of you two holding a clapperboard. They,
3: ch- they change trailers every so. They don't do anything I don't take by accident." So if they're revealing all these titles, now this is tinpot conspiracy theories. But from previous experience and previous actions, we can only base off the fact that maybe there is something more to these names that they're revealing, or it could be as simple as they're revealing all this na- these names. As you said, because there's so many different worlds and dimensions, and like they're they're just trying to show us the fact that like nothing is as it seems in this film.
2: Yeah, and I suppose we'll look. We'll find out in December. Um, that's when this is scheduled to come out um, But also We might get a trailer Maybe what September October time Do you think
3: Would you, would you reveal Tobey Maguire or Andrew
2: Garfield in the trailer I, I don't want them to But It is a good way to drum up press Isn't it Like
3: I feel like you end it with like, just a web Like Tom Holland is looking through Like a portal or something and a web just comes through it
2: Yeah, or that would be great. Or, I don't know, one of Doc Ock's tentacles from Spider Man 2 or something. Like a small little nod to it. But they could also do the Civil War thing where Spider Man flips in at the end, except it's three Spider Men.
3: (laughs) Hi guys, they all steal Captain America's shield and fight over it.
2: (laughs) They're just pulling at it.
3: Um, so. <laughs> I I think you could do some real cool things But I don't want them to spoil it all Before I go in as well Which it, it's very much It's on the table that they could do that So I'm I'm just interested to see How they show the trailers Because I feel like we're all like Oh yeah they're definitely in it But I'm pretty sure it's safe to assume That surely these guys are going to pop up Like they're all on set They're all in the cast It It'd be very weird if they weren't
2: it would, yeah. Un- unless they unless it's the absolute troll, and they just like pop <laughs> it's up in the, the biggest credits. con job
3: of all time.
2: They're- or they? Are they like extras? They're just like oh, Andrew Garfield works at the local deli or something like that. <laughs> yeah.
3: um, so, Sean, that's actually it for this week's movie Mondays. What
2: it was a packed week in terms of movies yeah. this week. And um, big thanks to everyone for listening Um thanks again to all our patrons we mentioned at the start sorry i'm just taking this out connor do you have anything else to say i
3: no. i just feel like that was real casual i feel like you sat back as you started doing that
2: <laughs> just i give an air of nonchalance to the whole podcast uh, in <laughs> Where that you're just always anxious? <laughs> <laughs> um, but no thanks everyone for listening seriously we do really appreciate it and um, as we said again at the start head over to patreon if you want to hear us talk about the original spider-man 3 um, hopefully the new one is slightly improved from that not to give any spoilers it. <laughs> dear lord hope so no no moody emo scenes this time please <laughs> no. um, yeah
3: honestly, honestly re-watching it is just as bad
2: <laughs> it's just as bad but we did it so you don't have to you can just listen to us whinge about it you can listen to me be very sick and whinge about it by the way um, this is true yes and so that's linked to the patrons down in the description also there is the merch store all of our social medias um, and the email address here's fryer underscore at com. but the most important thing just tell one human being that we exist please just
3: just a one please
2: and i think that's about it connor
3: i think that's about it so i've been connor lawler
2: i have been sean Meehan.
3: i will see you next week guys
2: Bye. bye